There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Hey, what's up? It's Todd here. I just wanted to warn you that about an hour, a little over an hour into this episode, the audio quality for Pages Mike gets real bad. I'm going to level with you. It gets real bad. Not like terrible bad, but like a Zoom call bad because her professional recorder died. Don't know what's wrong with it, but it died. So uh, apologies. She sounds silky and smooth and so great for the first like half of this episode. The the back half, not so great, but stick with us. It's a real fun episode and you're not going to want to miss what happens towards the end. So please enjoy Last Christmas. I saw Mikey kissing Mrs. Claus underneath the mistletoe last night. She didn't see him go out the window to the snow. He bailed again like goats of Christmas past from long ago. And Paige and Todd are gone. Just like chestnuts on your open fire So here's the friends you know Romancing in the pod show Mikey kissing Mrs. Claus last night Thank you for tuning in to Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week I made you guys watch Merry Christmas. Last, Last Christmas. Christmas. So, Mikey, you mentioned you saw this in the theaters last week when I mentioned we were doing this. So I know you've seen it before. Yeah. Paige, mm-hmm. I think this is our first time having seen this movie, right? This was my first time. I picked it because I was like, oh, a movie written by Emma Thompson, who I love. And I think she's great in everything. Great. Uh, and has written some really amazing shit. Sure. Which, honestly, I didn't realize how much of a creator she was. She's not just an actress. Mm-hmm. And I really credit this podcast with, like, teaching me that. Anyway, I thought it was going to be, like, funny nuts. Not, like, nuts and very sad. Yes. Super sad. It is so. I cried so much, Paige. So much I cried. I cried a lot. Michelle Yeoh is two for two on oh. me ugly crying this year. This movie, I definitely cried in front of my family in the oh. theater. I was like, it's oh. so sad. It's so sad. It's so sad. But like when I read the premise, I was like, oh, okay, so it's like based on the song Last Christmas. But literally. Yeah, literally. That's literally. Be weird. I never thought in a million years. And 
anybody could write an earnest representation of the song Last Christmas. I know. And Emma Thompson in like 2015 when she wrote this was like, I got this. Don't worry about it. I'm going to make it so sweet. You're going to cry the whole time you're trying to remember the second verse of that song. This movie just came out. This is like 2019, 2020. This is like recent. Well, that's when the movie came out. She yeah. started writing this years before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figure she wrote it a few years before that. Yeah, although I don't know it was 2015. That was just me pulling a, no- a year yeah. in my ass. I unapologetically like this movie. I love it. Because it is... A, a big budget Hallmarky Christmas movie in a way yes. that uh, I love. Where it's like it's like a Hallmark movie, but it's like slightly better writing, a lot better acting, oh, a lot yeah. better every like everything else. I would say it's a lot better writing. It's way better. But like kind of like they're like we want Christmas shit in the background of every scene. Yes, she works at a Christmas store, but like yeah, an yeah, unconventional yeah. fun Christmas store. Like I loved the Christmas store she worked at. Yeah, I love the Christmas store so much. I like that. It, it it had a lot of like cliches of like a Hallmarky movie, but like a more improved version of it. I think. Yeah. And so it is, it's, it's, I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, it's cheesy as well, but all it's sappy, but in a real way where you do feel some things. Cause like they have a lot of sweet moments where yes. like, I was genuinely sad that he was a ghost at the end. <laughs> Me too. Not just any ghost, literally the ghost of the man who gave her his heart physically, his heart from his chest. Yeah. So like if you haven't seen this movie at a high level, we watch two people fall in love. The guy in that relationship is actually a ghost and the guy who like gave her his heart so that she could live cuz we find out he was an organ donor yes we find out that she had a heart transplant surgery like what but don't worry (laughs) i think he was like a ghost sent to like help her but then he gets horny and like it's a good side ghost gonna give it to you (laughs) but he doesn't that's what this movie could have used her revelation that like oh my god did i fuck a ghost i would have loved that (laughs) page i just want you to know Emma thompson has to have been like shopping one day and seen like one of the tabloids over there like the the daily or whatever they yes and just like woman mary's ghost and she was like i could write something like that i got it (laughs) i I could write something like that and like last christmas was playing on like the like kroger's radio and she was like i could write a really great movie about exactly this (laughs) like that's what this movie feels like to me (laughs) one way or the other i was gonna be inside you (laughs) Yeah, right? He he almost says as much. (laughs) He says a part of you or whatever. I've been inside you this entire time. (laughs) Just soaking. Covered in your fluid. Because <laughs> it's his heart. You know? No, I mean, yeah, I understand yeah, why it works on many levels. Okay, okay. So a few things. First and foremost, Last Christmas might be one of my favorite Christmas songs of all time. And I know this because I worked in a store that only had 10 tracks on the, the disc changer because I'm old. Yeah. And one of them was Last Christmas. And I cannot bear to listen to any of the other nine tracks, but I still love it every time <laughs> Last Christmas comes on. And I do think it's better than Feed the World. And I do think that George Michael was robbed of his number one spot that year. However, <laughs> I have a couple things. First, I think this is the only movie we've ever done where I have the entire soundtrack just already in my collection. That was fun. Secondly, (laughs) I think it's pretty fucked up that this guy got hit by a truck, 
and then they put the words look up on his bench <laughs> as in look up there's a fucking truck coming <laughs> Paige, i thought that too i was like wow and that like <laughs> this family sucks <laughs> but he also uses that to her as like a you know look up look forward like it becomes sort of like a refrain in the movie well technically she trips because she's looking up. Yeah. I think looking up may have been what killed him in the end. In the end, with the truck. I was When I saw it on the bench, I was like, this is in bad taste at best. And then honestly, he was wearing a helmet too. Like, what kind of message does that send? Like, we shouldn't ride our bikes at all. I don't understand, you know? Yeah. I don't understand. I, I do really like their relationship. For me, the scene in his air quotes apartment yes. is the sob. best. That's the I sob. I, I sob through it. It's so vulnerable. And they it have such is. good chemistry. It's very vulnerable. It's weirdly hot when he touches her scar. Yeah. Isn't it? But like, isn't it though, guys? Uh, what, yeah, almost as hot or hotter than a sex I, scene. Yeah. I can't explain. I was like, what is happening to me? I, I feel like I needed more of that in this movie more scar play no just more of them truly falling in love because i feel like a lot of the times before we see them in more of a friendship capacity or he's helping her because it really is her story of falling back in love with herself yeah is really the point of the movie i love that well technically he is herself he he is and and when you find that at the end of the movie you're like okay but i honestly really could have used I think maybe the reason they don't have more romance is because they know they're just going to like rip that rug out from under you at the end. Yeah. And then it's yeah. already sad. And like, I think if they went too deep with it, not to get too sexual, but like <laughs> how much more deeper could you get? He's inside her chest. I could see them cutting out some of the romantic scenes because it gets too much. Like in one of the like early edits. Yeah, I, I could see that because I feel like her story of her transformation works really well and is really, really good. I do think you could trim some, but like overall, you're enjoying it. So it doesn't feel overlong. The store is madness and I love it. Same. All of the crazy Christmas things in this store. I was like, I want to be in the pitch meeting where people were just throwing out ideas for crazy Christmas decorations for this movie. Like, I would live. Yeah. But, like, I feel like I'm not going to watch it again <laughs> unless I, like, really need to have heart-rending sobs. It's not going to be one of my go-tos. Same. But it, was, it was good. It's sad. Yeah, I haven't watched it much. But I loved it. It's one of my favorite movies that we've done probably in the past six or seven months for this podcast. Like, I really enjoyed it. We'll probably not watch it again unless I need to really just cry one out. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the weirdest part of this movie, because we talk about it and it sounds bonkers, yeah. is its its ability to elicit emotion from us. And and I don't just sob at the end. No. I sob throughout this entire yeah, film multiple times yes and it's it's still bonkers but it somehow gets you there emotionally so like good on the writing i guess and the acting i mean yeah she does a phenomenal like this made me like her better than game of thrones and them them teeth oh yeah oh she do have them teeth though <laughs> well i thought it was really interesting that she did this movie because i don't know if you guys know but amelia clark has had yes yes i was gonna talk about it yeah she's had two i believe aneurysms. aneurysms yeah almost died and has had to relearn to walk like twice yeah so i i feel like in a way, like this character really kind of does 
fit her to a degree. I think you can tell because like you really feel the like, I don't know, almost the confusion and self-doubt and hate she has for herself sometimes. And then you see her love him and love herself. Like you just read that emotion so well from her. Yeah. Well, and and the, the scene where she's talking about like it feeling weird when she came back where she's like, this isn't my heart. Okay. First of all, side pitch Man, page <laughs> first of all it did it did make me cry it's making me cry thinking about it however i know same as i was crying i thought <laughs> what if this movie had a malignant level third act twist oh no and she's just like it felt weird it wasn't my heart and then we find out it's like some sort of science experiment and she has like a baboon heart or a robot heart and then she just like kills a bunch of people <laughs> that is our other podcast <laughs> i would love it but i'll say this you had me at malignant style yes where it's like we took your yes. twin's heart i had a twin <laughs> like that's what i wanted yeah not for it to be uh henry golding's heart because then he leaves the movie and you're like oh well damn it what am i supposed to look at now and I, man they have chemistry too like yeah i really wanted them to smish it out because like Same. they were i don't know they're great actors obviously but they seemed like they were just having the most fun on set, like that kind of chemistry, you know? Yes. Like they are genuinely into each other. It was so good. It was very good. I enjoyed it very, very much. But yeah, that that scene, I think, is one of the like most vulnerable, makes you cry the most, even if you're thinking, what if it was a monkey heart? Uh, what if it's the Christmas gibbon? Uh, but <laughs> like, but yeah, like the at the same time, like that that's the scene where I'm like, it does work. They do have chemistry, and then he's yes. like, I'm not gonna have sex with you. I was like, no, why? <laughs> but I get it. I'm fine. I mean, even if it is a metaphor for her falling back in love with herself, I think it's fair game. I even if you look game. at it metaphorically, right? Okay, I have a question. Okay, the real questions. Here. Okay, real questions. Let's bring it. Now, if they did have ghost sex and she gets ghost knocked up because it's his heart inside of her is that a product of incest go i think maybe that's jesus <laughs> <laughs> like i can't i it, it is christmas <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry none, none of this makes sense none none of it i'm gonna say no i'm gonna say it might be the second coming <laughs> uh, i'm more worried about like how a half ghost half human baby is gonna work like are they corporeal i feel like we have other questions to sort out it's a real baby it's a real baby of course it's a real baby florida but i'm just saying that like if it's half ghost already like what it can puddle up like the t-1000 into ghost goop and slide under doors like alex mack turn into mist like dracula there you go todd were you okay watching this film why Oh, because, because <laughs> the one wow. time he's not wow. going to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it. We weren't in London at the time. No, I think I think I need to tell you finally after broadcasting with you all of these years. I have your brother's pancreas inside me. <laughs> <laughs> and he taught me how to podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness. Don't do this, man. Not now. <laughs> Don't do it, man. And then he left me. <laughs> we started our own podcast and he never recorded an episode because he was a ghost. And then he disappeared after he taught me everything. And he didn't want to dull your shine, Todd. Yeah. Ugh. That sounds like Logan, honestly. Like, 10 out of 10, that's got to be what happened. I'm sure he's loving this. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, 
Uh, no, I, in truth, though, I didn't even think about it because we were in a truck. Like, we didn't get hit by a truck. So it was, like, a little bit different. Yeah. We weren't in London riding a fucking penny farthing around whatever that guy was doing. So, like, whatever. I always knew that I got killed by a lorry. I figured it'd be a Tory. Or a lorry, L-O-R-I. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Well, yeah, that's what, yeah. Tories are like our Republicans. Aren't the trucks called lorries, though? Yeah. Yes. They are. And the trunks are called boots. Yeah, your stupid British words for everything. God. It's It was their language first, man. Okay. <laughs> we originated the language, to quote Ben de la Creme. <laughs> Anyway Yeah I don't know I don't know what there is to say Other than I just really enjoyed this movie But maybe we should just go through it scene by scene We should But I do want to remind everyone uh, This is multiple films on this podcast Where someone has either Fucked the person who is related to them Via heart transplant And or fucked a ghost I I just need to put it out there They did not have sex They had emotional sex She didn't fuck a ghost page It faded to black I'm gonna in my head canon. No, it didn't. I'm gonna say it did. No, it did not. I did not have sexual relations with that ghost. Whatever. Dated someone related to them by by heart transplant or dated someone that was also turning out to be a ghost. I do think if I was her at the end of this movie, I would immediately check into like a psychiatric facility. Good call. I definitely think. She got on his phone and texted herself his nudes. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, she did claim ownership of that phone real fucking fast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, immediately. Which is wild that the house stager didn't take it. Mikey, do you have, do you just have nudes at the ready on your phone? Of course. Like, if someone went through my pictures, there would be embarrassing pictures in there. But I don't, like, save nudes, dog. I have an OnlyFans, so. (laughs) All feet pics all the time. Subscription? It's just feet pics, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a phase where you were sending feet pics to my girlfriend. And to us. For years. Yeah. So for coaching soccer, one of the kids stepped on my toe with their cleat and one of the things is all fucked up. I had to like pause my whole foot game. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. Looks disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Your feet look like mine. No, that's not that bad. It's just the toenails messed up. Oh, you're teaching Jake your bad habits. He tried to commit domestic violence with the cat yesterday. (laughs) He was trying to grab the cat's tail with his toes. And I was like, stop. If you could fuck any ghost, who would you fuck? Oh, do you just mean dead people or specifically (laughs) uh some sort of ghost? Okay, dead people. Paige, if you say Todd's brother, I'll be so mad. What? Why would I do that? That'd be so mean. No, I'm I'm just joking. It'd be your dad. (laughs) (laughs) Paige, uh, honestly... That's by far the grosser one But also the only legal one What are you talking about? (laughs) I'm confused In ghost years he's totally of age That's true Florence Nightingale Why? The first nurse or what She's the first nurse Like if you're gonna have a thing for nurses You just gotta go to the source Okay All right. And then also the nun From the movie The Nun (laughs) (laughs) Cause like Again, like a nun is like really off limits, but like a poltergeistic nun is like double hot. <laughs> double off limits. Maybe Patrick Swayze in Ghost, but only in a pottery studio. See you later. <laughs> For the story. <laughs> That's what this movie needed was like the guy being like, see you later, bye, at the end. <laughs> <laughs> you know those Christmas presents? You take them with you. <laughs> you take them with you. You take them with you, guys. <laughs> Gotta go, bye. <laughs> yeah, your heart, you take it with you. That's why I'm a ghost. My heart? 
<laughs> you take it with you. Yeah. I watched you naked all week. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm under your boobies. Just <laughs> making it super weird. I'm just next to your boobies all the time. Yeah. Oh, jeez. When he says, take care of my heart, I cried so Ugh. fucking hard, guys. Ugh. I was not prepared for the emotional roller coaster this movie was going to take me on. But I think we should take our listeners through it scene by scene. Sure. We open in Yugoslavia in 1990 where she sings with the choir. Uh, and her sister is clearly kind of like not loving that she's not also. It seems like her sister's getting more of the spotlight than she is. Uh, and she's not loving it. But also this is where we get a little hint that the sister is gay, but yes. hiding it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she's also pretty young. Like they're probably 15 and 13. 15 and 14 like younger dude that like they're okay. like 12 and 10 maybe okay I mean, or i mean maybe a little older but not much i don't know considering when they would have had to come to the to the uk i would guess yeah younger anyway emma thompson's her mom some other dude is her dad and we cut <laughs> to khaleesi modern day london 2017 yes where she is hitting it off with a dude in a bar and we find out that she basically moved out today, doesn't have a place to stay. Now, we will find out that she was living with her parents and she is just avoiding going home to her parents. And she actually does not have a flatmate or anywhere to stay. She just kind of one night stands her way through life or sleeps on friends' couches. Yeah, she's like couch surfing. Sometimes yeah. there is sex involved, but I would imagine normally there isn't. It's just like... You know, it just so happens tonight. She's just destroying houses because she's wild clumsy. I do love how this movie is like about sort of someone who is going through something so traumatic to them that they are like just the worst version of themselves. And we see them sort of like deal with that, I think, combination of like survivor's guilt and just a big brush with like the your mortality. And like sort of embrace it and find her way back to herself. And I love that. But like she is pretty terrible at the beginning of this movie. She is. I will say that I feel like the better version of that and that story is Fleabag. I think Fleabag I does say, it better. Yes. I wrote this in my notes. This is giving me Fleabag vibes. Yeah. Now, and it's it's a little nicer and Christmassier and painted with a lighter brush yeah. than Fleabag, which I think is... <laughs> more realistic and very much confronting this notion of just because bad things happen to you doesn't mean that you can treat the people in your life badly like that kind of element but also giving yourself space to grieve and still feel your feelings yeah and things like that which is why fleabag is fucking phenomenal it's so good and you'll know within the first scene if you're gonna love Fle fleabag or not and that's one of the things i love <laughs> <Yeah>. about fleabag <laughs> it truly <laughs> it pulls no punches right out of the gate yes but it's true though when someone's going through that much trauma and survivor's guilt that like you get tunnel vision where like you just can't deal with anything yeah. like you can only really yeah. pay attention to so much in front of you it's literally what's in front of you at that moment at that time is all you can handle yeah and and it, i think it does a good job illustrating that because she's not like she's not malicious right she's no. not an irredeemable person no and most people yeah. are like just don't 
fuck up. Like, please. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She's not like hurting. Like, she's not trying to sleep with her friend's husband and stuff. Like, she's not like maliciously no. bad. Right. Yeah. And also like as a clumsy guy, like some of this stuff happens. Like, you know, there's a lot of <laughs> fragile things. Sure. But if it happens all the time, <laughs> well, we don't invite you over to the house. I get it. Maybe you shouldn't put your candlestick, your matchstick creations in the everywhere, like one bump of the table. It's his house. He should be able to have it wherever he wants. I here's I grew up with a girl who was so clumsy that our friend's parents no longer wanted to have her over to the house because every time she came over, she broke something. And so at a certain point, That's, I was that I was that friend. It's rough, dude. Because <laughs> like <laughs> you gotta watch where you're going sometimes. Yeah. But in in the case of her, I think it's just her caring so much for just getting through the day in her own things that she is not conscious, really, of anyone else's needs, wants, feelings, or anything. And so they feel very hurt by someone who seems to just kind of blow through their lives without any care for them. Yeah. Which I do think, if you're looking for the best version of that, Fleabag does a chef's kiss phenomenal job of illustrating that. It's one of my favorite pieces of media. Like, it is... Yeah. Um, I love Fleabag. Well, and you have to watch seasons one and two. Like, that's the yeah. key, because two is her repairing. Like, yeah. you have to get through the rough cringe of season one to get to season two, where she literally goes on a journey of self-empowerment and self-love and discovery, which then expands out into the people around her, which is kind of what happens in this movie, too. Yes. Anyway, she ends up going home with this dude. She gets up the next day and she's in the shower and who should come home early. But I would assume his wife or girlfriend, which oof, uh, man, I felt so bad for her because she has done. She didn't know nothing wrong. Like she just got picked up by a guy at a bar and he was like, stay the night or whatever. And he's super nice to her. I know he literally like woke her up with a like cappuccino and was like, hey, I'm going to go down the street, get us some food. I'll be right back. Enjoy this cappuccino. Plenty of hot water if you want to take a shower. See you in a second. Yeah. And then he leaves. She gets in the shower, and you hear his wife or girlfriend, like Paige said, open the door and say, hey, hon, I came back from the conference a day early. So, like, you know it's going to be a bad conversation. And then she, like, surprises her in the shower. Right. I don't know if you saw this. The lady who just came home, whether it's wife or girlfriend, was undressing to get in the shower. Yes. They thought that was their boyfriend slash husband in the shower. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, this is like a nightmare for both of these women. Yes. Well, and so she had told him the night before that she had an audition, that she was a singer. So we also know that we have like a timeline for that as she's like on the run from this house. So she's like doing her makeup on the bus, dragging her suitcase with her. She gets to work at a store called Yuletide. <laughs> I saw that yeah. tweet, Paige. That's what's up. That's my new thing. Jake and I have been doing it for like three days now, and it has not gotten old. I love it, honestly. I think it's my favorite. But when I read that tweet that you were going to say. You heard it, right? Yeah, I heard it. Yeah, I forgot exactly how you worded it, but I, oh, I just said my my toxic Christmas tra trait is saying the word Yule like Soldier Boy. Yeah, yeah, Yule Santa <laughs> Claus. Tell him. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> she gets to work. Uh, where Michelle Yeoh, her boss, shows up and is just like, "You're early. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, you're never early. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you? You're the worst employee. What are you doing here? <laughs> and I, the one thing I fucking love about Michelle Yeoh's character. 
is that she is one of, I would say, the few people in her life that is brutally honest with her all the time. Yeah. Where a lot of her friends are like, hey, you're going through a rough time, which is, that's not wrong. Yeah, it's not untrue. Right. It's not untrue, but part of repairing that balance between the tunnel vision and having healthy relationships with the people around you is those people sometimes alerting you to when you are being inconsiderate Yeah, and, and doing it in a, in a loving way, you know, like, Hey, I know that this is probably not your intent, but this is what's going on. Yeah. And I feel like Michelle Yeoh is one of the few people in her life. And the other one being Tom, that kind of speak truth to her all the time. Yeah. And I'd say Michelle Yeoh is a little more brutal with it, but I love it. I I love it. Man, I loved her character page. I love Michelle Yeoh on this. She like will be very firm and like honest with Amelia Clark's character. Yes. And like she's her boss and she's like get your shit together. Yeah. Like she could convey that and also like behind that line delivery she also like clearly loves that character she's saying that to. And cares for her. Yes. Yeah. Like when she doesn't fire her and like that scene where the the quote break in happens mm -hmm. and you know that scene I I completely understood why she wasn't going to fire her already. Right. Because I knew that even though she had been sort of like a very regular sort of boss like commanding you around the office kind of a thing there was love behind everything she had delivered line wise like right I, I really she is such a good actress man i loved it yes i love this movie like i, I the, the relationships while seeming also ridiculous and christmassy are also realistic but all, and like nice and warm and fuzzy yeah i love it she's a, i think she's a great boss i love that she calls herself santa and has a christmas job and that's amazing i love that when we find out she's had a nickname for every other job she's had and i was like yes bitch do it i also love when amelia clark was like your name's not santa like, <laughs> like i know her name is obviously not santa like anyway the store is open. They're selling crazy Christmas stuff. They have multiple baby Jesuses, and Patty Lapone can't decide which one is which. I love seeing Patty Lapone in this movie. So great. I like that she's like, this one's gorgeous, but this one looks like he's having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, man, uh, I've I know this woman. I've met this woman. Like I have been behind this woman at a store when all I wanted to do was buy this belt and leave. You know what I'm saying? This was my least favorite customer when I worked in retail. The people who had seemingly no empathy or understanding that there was a line behind them who just want to talk to you for 20 minutes. Yeah. And if you try to like call attention to it and be like, hey, there's a line. We really need to move it along. They're like, how dare you? I remember when customer service used to be good. And you're like, lady, it is December 23rd. There are a hundred people in line. Please leave. I'm sorry your kids won't call, but based on this interaction, I understand I their decision. It. Would you leave, please? You're not conscious of your surroundings. You're at best casually inconsiderate. Right. And at worst, <laughs> malignantly so. Yeah. Oh. Back to arms. Anytime you can say malignant, do it. I can't wait to see that movie again. I know. I think I'm going to watch it while I put up Christmas decorations. Nice. Honestly, a great way to hide the backter would be a Christmas Santa hat. Oh, yeah. There you go. Boom. Anyway, her sister shows up and is like, call mom. She's freaking the fuck out. And she's like, oh, okay, fine, fine. And she's also like, hey, you've also missed like five doctor's appointments, which I love that they don't just come out and are like, yeah, she had a heart. They're just kind of pepper it in of like, hey, you're you're not taking care of yourself. You've been sick. You've missed doctor's appointments, all this stuff. And a lot of people in her life are treating her 
like very gently in a, in the way that you would treat someone who you thought you were going to lose three months ago, but like had this operation and was saved miraculously. Like right. everyone, ex- I think except for her boss sort of treats her that way. Yeah. Yeah. Which again is why I love her boss. I know. And I think her boss loves her. Yeah, I think so too. But her boss has just a different way of showing it. And I, I, I love that. But her sister also was like, hey, we're doing a dinner because I got promoted. Yeah. And she asks her, is Alba coming to dinner? And she just says, fuck off and leaves. Yeah. So sore subject. Clearly, but uh, instead she calls her friend and finds a couch to sleep on that night. I loved her friend and her friend's husband. Like I thought they were great. We got to talk about it when we get there because I have thoughts. Okay, good thoughts. Okay, but we, I we gotta go. Okay, because before that happens, she sees Henry Golding outside and is just like, "Hello." Who is this? And then gets bird poop in her eye and has to go inside and clean it up. That's good luck. Allegedly good luck. I have always heard that that is good luck as well. Why is that considered good luck? It seems like terrible luck. I think it's just to say something nice to somebody who now probably ruined a shirt. Or now has like pink eye. uh, At least at the very least. Whatever the cloaca version of pink eye is. Avian flu. I think being pooped on by a bird (laughs) is like the version of like, hey, it's so bad that it's good luck. You know, like, yeah, Mm. somebody's mom made that up and it just kind of spread like, I've had a bird poop on my shoulder. (laughs) There's some bird poop on my shoulder. (laughs) I was sitting at a bar in Cincinnati last year and this bird just like bird poop got him. I mean, it's easy to wipe away when it's fresh with a napkin. But uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. But it's good luck. And look at me. I'm so drowning in good luck. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to have to say it. But people think when they think of me. But hey, Mikey, did you get have good luck that night? I don't remember. Wink. Well, that's what you get for going to Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was the Ludacris concert and Flo Rida and the Shante. Yeah. But you didn't get the shoes, so maybe you didn't get good luck. Oh, that well, I mean, if that guy would didn't dive down and and I, we could have got that shoe. I, 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 you know, did you at least get to touch the shoe to gain its magical powers? You have to eat the shoe to have the magical powers. Well, he sprayed champagne into my mouth. Oh, okay, there you go. I'm sorry, he sprayed the champagne into your mouth, Mikey. Well, I mean, into the air, and I caught it in my mouth. Oh, okay. I thought eh. he like came up to you and was like, "You are blessed." No, Flow Rider <laughs> went into the crowd. Past the VIP section into the crowd, crowd with champagne bottles and spraying champagne on you. Which I was in the splash zone, zone, zone. <laughs> <laughs> all because of that bird that took a shit. And you think it's not lucky, Mikey? It was lucky. That was a really fun night. Yeah, it was. <sighs> Wish you could have seen Ashanti's PowerPoint about why she's famous and great. <laughs> Did I tell y'all about that? No. Point number one, I sang most of J-Lo's shit. Point number two, I still look fucking amazing. (laughs) She sung two songs and like had a PowerPoint about why she's famous. That's fucking awesome. I love that. And like, next slide. I've got a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. Next slide. She does indeed. What? Yeah, of course she does. She was in movies. No, I'm not surprised she has a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. I'm surprised that she has the audacity to like hold a business meeting during her like concerts. That's awesome. I love this energy. I didn't hate it. I don't hate this at all. I was like, okay. No, I think it's awesome. I wish Todd could have been there to take notes. Same. And if she's saying all of JLo stuff, I've heard it all. Yeah, she's saying <laughs> mo- she and Christina Melian sang a good portion of JLo's stuff. Anyway, so. 
she goes back to work and uh, he stops by later to be like, hey, how's your eye that's definitely infected with some sort of bird disease? <laughs> and she's just like, I'm fine. Do you want to go for a walk? And, and she's like, no, I don't know you. And this is weird. Yeah. She's like a bird just shit on me. I don't really want to do anything. Like, she's not like, get away from me, you're gross, like, call the cops. She's just like, I no, I don't want to do anything right now. No. Uh, and as she kind of brushes him off, who should enter the Christmas store but a striking Scandinavian man who comes in and picks up a glitter Santa sleigh where Santa has Moses tablets yeah. and one just says, Jesus is a buddy of mine. Yes. <laughs> and he just says, I love this. It is Mr. Claus. Do you have anything not dissimilar to this? And Michelle Yeoh is like, yes, we have many things not dissimilar to this. Would you like this Christmas gibbon, which is in fact a red glittery gibbon? Yeah. <laughs> and it sings. Like, And if you don't know, it's like a gibbon monkey. Yeah, a monkey. Yeah. Like the shrine of the silver monkey, but yes. red and glitter. And it sings the wham song when you press the button. Everything in that store sings that same song. Yeah. Which I... Love. Oh, and pretty much every great Wham slash George Michael song is, is in, in this, this movie. movie. Yeah. Which I love. There's a couple missing from the Make It Big album that are not in this movie that I'm like, oh, wow. you know what? If you want to treat yourself to this movie soundtrack, just get George Michael's greatest hits and Wham Make It Big, and you've got this soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he leaves. But it's very clear that he and Michelle Yeoh had a moment over the Christmas Gibbon. Oh, a, a big moment. I mean, they had they have history, guys. Like he's going there to see her. Sure, but they have not really officially like met met because she doesn't know his name. They haven't been on a date because that happens in the movie. Sure. Yeah, but you know, I think it's just one of those things. Like when you see someone and you're just like, oh. <sighs> I mean, they were certainly called to one another. It was amazing. Like a tractor beam. Would you say that they're twin flames? <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I wouldn't because Todd. I'm glad we brought this up because I was thinking that this movie is like what would happen if you lost your twin flame a year before you met them. Like if they oh. died. No, this movie is what happens if you ate your twin flame's heart. Ate it? <laughs> ate it? No, as the only member currently in the Twin Flames Facebook group. I told you not to fuck with them Twin Flames. I don't think you should do that. I'm just checking it out, seeing what's going on in there. And it, guys. I'm going to go in that group and be like, can I have two or three? You know, for reasons. Hey, what if I want to turn my two flames into a bonfire? I'm a poly flame. <laughs> they don't believe in that. Do you want to join my flamecule? Huh, huh. This is not a joke. I actually am in that Facebook group, but largely because I want to see people every day joining and like, you're a cult, and then watching them defend themselves. It's great. Uh, Is that what's been happening? Has a lot of people just been joining and like really into it because of the documentary? Oh, yeah. Okay, this is the truth. It's a lot of that. And the other half is people joining, posting pictures of themselves and saying, hi, I'm new to the community and I would really love to find my true flame. And that always makes me sad oh be right back <laughs> you them, uh, lookers there todd no sorry no okay see this is why i don't join cult groups or fight with cult people on the internet i'm not fighting with them for the record no i know you're not yes. I'm, but i'm just saying for the people that are here's why i don't do it. i'm being very nice because 
a lot of those people are victims who were taken advantage of at a time when they were at a point, like a low emotional point, and then the cult has kept them there. Yeah. And so, like, some of them will eventually leave and, and have different feelings about it. But, like, you yelling at them is not the thing that gets them to leave. And if I don't. anything, it pushes them further in, right? Yeah. You know, like, yell at the leader as much as you want. But, like, the pe- the under people, no. <laughs> like, they need our help. <laughs> like, they don't need. Yeah, they're victims. They are victims. <laughs> anyway, so she tells her to lock up. And the alert on her phone goes off for her audition. She's like, oh, no. Yeah. So Michelle, Michelle, yo, her boss tells her to lock up. Right. And then leaves. Right. And then I think it is just like shortly after that, like 10, 15 minutes. Not even. Yeah. Yeah. And that she's like, oh, I got to go to my audition. And she doesn't lock the front door. She doesn't lock the front door. It does close, but it doesn't lock. Right. She gets to the audition and it doesn't go great. And they're dicks about it, which also like. I have been to many an audition. I've been on the other side of the table. Never once have I heard somebody be like, it fucking sucks. Bye. (laughs) Which I do think in some cases, depending on the audition, bit of a flaw of the system. (laughs) I mean, the reason you haven't heard that is because most people aren't straight up monsters. Like that would be a horrible thing to (laughs) say to someone. Who is literally there just being vulnerable on stage right. with no support. <laughs> she was singing a cappella. Like, that is the most vulnerable thing you could do on stage. And he is, like, so fucking mean to her. So for the mean. crime of, like, being late, which I realize is on her. Right. But he, like, hates her from Jump Street. Yeah. Whereas the other guy who's there. Rob Delaney or whatever. Yeah, it's Rob Delaney. And there's a woman there, too. But, like, one guy is, like, anti her and one guy's like, sort of, like, let's hear her. Yeah. And here's the thing. This might be a controversial statement. We can talk about it. I feel like... When people go on, and I think it happens less now. I think some people do this purposefully, but especially back in early days of American Idol, when people would go on and audition and be terrible and they're on TV being terrible and have believed that they've been, that this is their dream for years. I honestly feel like their friends have done them wrong. And it's not easy to tell someone that maybe this is not their dream. But like, I feel like if you know someone and they're going to embarrass themselves on television, you got to at least try to get them to avoid that if you can. Yes. Because it's so painful and people just like mock them relentlessly on the Internet. And that's uncalled for. And it doesn't need to happen. And you mean the people who like are earnestly there to because they think that they are good. Yes. Not the people who are there to like get on TV, you know? Yes. Like, right. That's a different thing. Right. Some people, though, have no insight. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, some people don't understand. And here's the thing that doesn't mean they shouldn't sing or do the things that they love to do. Well, but, you know. No, Paige, I think you're right. And I think she learns that lesson and she finds another way to use her talents. Sure. Because maybe they're not quite good enough to be on West End, which is like Broadway. That is like elite levels of acting and performing, right? Not, that's very rare that anyone would be there. Yeah. And the audition process is fucking brutal. brutal like, yeah. It, I hold it against no one who decides that they don't want to do that anymore. Sure. Because it is detrimental to your mental health. But what I'm saying is like, let's say you have a friend, it is not good. And they're like, I'm going to go be on TV. And you're worried that they will be exploited by TV producers. 
do you tell them? Oh, like um, sex killed my teenage boner type shows, like that kind of stupid shit. No, no, no. I mean, like American Idol. I mean, like oh. someone's like, I'm gonna do it. But do I like them? Do I like these people? I feel like there's a measure of love to trying to prevent someone from a painful experience if you can. Paige, I completely agree with what you're saying. Like if I if I was like, guys, I'm gonna go audition. American Idol. Yes, Mikey, we would have to stop you. Yes. Because I've seen you sing The Righteous Brothers, You've Got That Love and Feeling, and I don't think America's prepared for the amount of babies that would be born nine months oh, after God. you performed on stage. But we have also been honest with you about that. <laughs> like, at no point were we like, you're amazing, you're going to make it. Because I don't mean the people who are like, even passable singers. Because like, there are people that's like, hey, you're never going to make it on American Idol, but you're a decent enough singer, why the fuck not? Like, that's fine. Yeah. I mean the people who are tragic, that their friends are like, follow your dreams. And I'm like, you're a bad friend. Yeah. Like they're going to go through a lot of hurt because you wouldn't be honest with them. Controversial take. I don't think it is that controversial. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, people do say things like don't quit your day job a lot. Maybe that was just to me. Okay. Maybe that's what I'm hearing. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> the, 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 the pause there was long enough to make me feel like that was just me. Here's the thing. Like, I feel like <laughs> at some, if, if you are in the business and you, last long enough and somehow get lucky enough to make it there is a point where that don't quit your day job turns into when are you going to quit your day job which is i feel like where we are all that at now which is great super fun it is it's better than the don't quit the day job time period yeah there are people who don't have the wherewithal to quit does that make sense like that sounds terrible like there are some people that will realize it in the moment and be like oh no i'm in over my head and then there are people who just won't Perfect example, the first time I did America's Got Talent, I had like a producer appointment. So I skip the line. I just like go to the waiting room, right? Yeah. And so I'm sitting in this waiting room and, and my, mind you, two waiting rooms in. So I skipped the line, two waiting rooms and just this small one waiting for my appointment. And I'm sitting there and there's a girl two seats down with her mom. They have flown out from New York. Uh, where they had already auditioned once and she did not make it. And this girl was maybe 10 or 11. What? Yes. There's a girl across from me who is maybe 13 or 14 with her dad and her brother. And they had cashed in their life savings to drive from Arizona to Los Angeles for this one opportunity. Oh, my God. That's putting too much pressure on like a child. Yes. And then there was a girl next to me who was like a studio musician singer who like she already makes money as a singer and a guy across from me who like plays a guitar already makes money as a cover band. Right. We're all sitting there and we're just passing time singing in the waiting room because like you're there for however long. Right. And the lady came in to call my name and another guy a few seats down from us and she called our names and then she just went comedians come this way <laughs> and the girl from arizona just looked up at me and she says you're not here for singing and i said no i'm not good enough for this like and that's okay like you know yeah. and she i watched her have the realization of oh my god we spent our life savings and it's too late. I'm already in the waiting room. Yeah. But then I watched the little girl from New York who couldn't sing worth a shit be like, well, I'm going to be on TV. <laughs> and I was like, this show is so fucking sad. Yeah. We should burn it to the ground. <laughs> but like that, like 
some people will never have that realization and make choices because I'm pretty sure that girl went home to Arizona and was like, I think I'm going to maybe get a degree in communications. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, I never saw her again. But like <laughs> you could save people that pain is all I'm saying. Yeah. Rough. It is. Rough time. Yeah. Anyway, cut that out if it's too bleak. Anyway. <laughs> I think it's something people need to hear. Like, Don't put your kids on TV. Let's put it that way. Don't put your children on television. Let them be poor and chase their dreams as adults. Uh, that's, you know. Yeah, that's a recipe for three healthy individuals. It's not. <laughs> I know. I mean, hey, it, it, only, it would only be worse if we had also been children. As someone, <laughs> as someone who got to hang out with Jody Sweeten a couple weeks ago, I can tell you, don't put your children on TV. Yeah. She is a wonderful adult now, but she would tell you it was rough times. Anyway, so uh, she doesn't get it. And as she's kind of walking home, she runs into Tom Henry Golding. Yeah. And he's basically like, okay, we're taking that walk now. So he like blocks her while she changes. And they go on this walk of like just cute little things around the neighborhood that I kind of love. I loved all of their one-on-one time because they, yes. they have great chemistry. They're just having the most fun together. And it is sort of like, it's the scenes in um, like, the before movies that I really like where it's just like the conversation between the two of them is flowing and they're connecting. I love that shit. Yeah. It really captures what a date that's going well feels like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Where like, it doesn't matter what's happening at all. Really? Right. Cause the conversation is so like to them riveting and they're like, just so into what's happening. Yeah. And for me, the problem with the before movies is that that's the entire movie. Uh, but for this movie, it's just the portions that we need. Uh, no, I know. I'm not saying that those are the best movies ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I was just talking about like the dialogue heavy moments that I yes. love. Yeah. Um, and they end up in the little secret garden, which is very, very cute. And they're sitting on his bench. Well, what we come to find out is his bench. What we come to find out is his bench. Yeah. Which do you think everyone else in the secret garden is ghosts? I do. Yes. So I think they're ghosts and I think they're plotting. <sighs> just like he was. He died way before he starts to haunt her. I think he planned all this. I don't think they're ghosts. Well, I think it's a year <laughs> to the day. It is. Yeah, no, he. that's the day he got his heart transplanted. No, I know. I'm just joking. I don't really think that he plotted this. I think she is having hallucinations. Yes. Uh, she's maybe rejecting her transplants and it's not good. No, it, the movie shows us it's not hallucinations because she like gets into the apartment, finds his phone. stuff. That, that. But here's the thing, Mikey. It is because no one else can see him and the movie backtracks to show you that no one else has been able to see him this entire time no yes no one else, he is definitely a ghost but he is telling her things that are real that she would not know without him telling her there's no subconscious way she knew his phone was in a cab that, oh, that's yes. true that's true right. that is yeah. true there's no subconscious way she was able to find her way to his bench like there is something supernatural also going on yes yeah, yeah which yeah, i yeah, like yeah. that it went that far because you don't have to doubt her sanity during the last scene where she's like oh it's your fucking heart and you're a ghost and you're like and she's like i guess i'll have to give you this phone back four hundred dollars <laughs> i'll just keep it yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice thanks for the heart thanks bro four hundred dollars finally something worth a shit oh so She's like, okay, when when can we do this again? And he's like, well, I don't have a phone, so I'll just show up at the store whenever. Bye. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> no. But he does say in the scene, okay, I have a phone, but it's like locked in a cupboard. Like, yeah, you don't need a phone. I I'm so much happier now. 
that I'm not looking at my phone or looking at my hand or whatever he says. Yeah. This is like sort of where he starts to incorporate that look up because he's like trying to he's trying to pull her out of like what's immediately in front of her. Yeah. So that she realizes the truck is. coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but like so she can like really kind of engage with like her friends and what's actually going on around her because she's mm-hmm. she's been through a lot. And she's like hyper focused on just surviving that moment. Right. So she gets to her friend's house. Her friend is super pregnant and she's going to sleep in the baby's room on the tiny mattress. I love that she makes a joke about how this is going to ruin her sex life and then cut to like maybe seven minutes later in runtime. And she is like trying to sneak a guy out of that nursery that's half built. Super rude. Oh my God. I would be furious. It's terrible. Furious. Yeah. You'd be out of my house for that. Let alone the lamp. (laughs) Well, let's, let's set the scene. Yes. But yeah, Paige, we'll get to it. We get, cause this is what I got to talk about with these people because the husband and wife are, are, there but the husband's kind of cold to her we'll find out why later yeah and i did love how they do that because they don't like do that coldness through dialogue yeah that coldness is like done through like the way they're looking at each other right Uh, i think it's like because she puts her feet on the couch yes and he like eyes her for it but all this is happening while she's talking to the wife and we're getting like information about her and like you know, it's that like subversive way of informing the audience of what's going on. Right. But like we're also learning about her relationship with the husband, which we find out a little bit later why is because she destroyed the last sort of art piece he was working on. Right. It was a matchstick galleon, which is a, a boat. And he's currently working on like a paper like one of those globe paper lamps that you kind of assemble. And it's like a lamp shade, right? Like you build a Yes. Yeah. It honestly, they're cool. Well, Okay, here's the thing. If you look around this house... I'd be afraid it would catch fire. No, they're, they're, your light bulbs don't usually get that hot, especially if you use new light bulbs. Yeah, okay. But here's the thing. If you look around their house, the, the set deck in this apartment, they have not one, not two, but three super cool mid-century lamps around <laughs> the house that I was just like, man, Paige, their lamp game is strong. You're such a fucking mid-century nerd, and I love it. Yeah, there's one that looks like the shining carpet, kind of like just <gasps> over his shoulder. Okay. And it's got like a square ceramic base and then uh, like a, a drum shade that has a pattern that looks almost like kind of very like geometric with reds and, and maroons, and it's so cool. I was like, <laughs> give me that fucking lamp. I love the lamp. I love lamp. I love lamp. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I love this about you. She goes out to drink and brings the guy home. Now, if someone was staying with you and brought a stranger back to your house, how angry would you be? Okay, that depends. If it was here, I would probably be a little upset, but fine, because like the room they'd be staying in is not super close to my room. And, uh, you know, it's not like actually going to be a nursery in like three weeks. You know, that's not the part I'm worried about, but okay. (laughs) Well, okay. But like, I would be pissed if I was in their situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know that person. I didn't invite them to my home. I didn't get to vet them at all. They might rob me. They might hurt us in some way because you just met them at a bar and you don't fucking know them. This is where I think it's different because like I'm not typically worried about some that kind of stuff because I'm a guy. You should be. I know but like. Richard Chase you should be worried. But if I was letting Mikey stay over and he brought a girl home I'm not afraid of that girl doing anything you know really to me. You should be. She probably would rob your 
place. Why would someone you brought over rob my place, Mikey? Because I paid her to. Todd, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you a story right fucking now. Do it. That is going to make you rethink this forever. Okay. So, uh, my first off-campus apartment, three roommates. Like me and three other roommates, basically two guys, two girls. Right. And of course, in that situation, people bring people home, like because you're young people, whatever. Yeah. People gonna fuck. People gonna fuck. <laughs> Ricky. Gervais? One of, no. Uh, okay. our, our jazz musician roommate brings home this girl and she's just like in her apartment one morning and we're just like, who is this? And Ricky's like, oh, this is my new girlfriend. We've been seeing each other. We're like, oh, cool. All right. Nice to meet you. And then she, while we were watching TV, got irrationally angry at a nationwide insurance commercial because I get that it was Dennis Haysbert. And she was like, why is Morgan Freeman doing commercials? And we were like, hold up, racist <laughs> oh bitch. What the God. fuck are you doing in our house? Right. So we were like, what the fuck? And we were like, she's a little weird. But he kept bringing her around for a little bit. And we were like, okay, she's weird, but we'll put up with her. And then one day he comes home and he's like, hey, if she shows up here, don't let her the fuck inside. And we were like, what did you do? And he's like, <laughs> she left me to get back with her speed dealer. So like, that's what could end up in your uh -huh. house if it's a stranger. <laughs> she did not ever come back. Thankfully, you guys lucked out. We lucked out because she was like, I'll, she was threatening to. And she's like, I'll bring my boyfriend back. And we're like, oh, God, like, good thing we have double locks. <laughs> like, yeah. it was, anyway, so, yeah, if you're staying at a friend's house, maybe clear that with them before you bring strangers. Home. Yeah, I do think I would be pissed if I wasn't at least informed that that was going to happen. Like when I was living with my bandmate, Josh. Uh, years ago, like right after college, like we were living together. Like he was my roommate and we would like sure. let each That's other different. know. Yeah. But I mean, we would like let each other know. We had like a code phrase. I don't think I might. I don't think he'd mind me telling you that it was open your eyes. If we ever text each other, open your eyes. That meant I need you to leave the house for like 45 minutes to 90 minutes. That's a weird ass code phrase. It is a weird phrase. I will grant you that. But it's a phrase. I would never say to him otherwise. So it could not be mistaken. True. That's true. But I'm talking about like somebody staying with you because they asked you to stay. And then all of a sudden you come home and strangers are in your house. No, that is different. Those are different rules. Although try and clear it, man. The worst thing your friend can say is no. Yeah. Just ask ahead of time. But Mike, yeah. you said you'd be pissed if they didn't ask. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I would be too. Also like. Go to their house if you're staying with a friend. Yeah, right? She had a bad time of that last time, though, right? Like, that was the time that, like... Well, that's because she stayed till the morning. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, okay. I guess that's her mistake. No, but I'm just saying, like, she wouldn't have come home from the conference at night. Like, it's not going to happen twice. <laughs> but also, as a, as a woman, I understand not going to their house. But I also don't want them in my house. I don't want them to know where I live. Well, that's why she brought him to the friend's house, so that, that he could, like... Bang her where their baby will sleep. Well, so he could know where they live and potentially exactly. stalk them. You know, like, yeah, this is why I was never a one night stand person. <laughs> Too many fears. Okay. Okay. Let's talk. Well, okay. <clears throat> I've had a couple. I'll be honest with you. Same. Wasn't that bad. Actually, one. <laughs> one. Just one. And I think I've had a couple. Just a couple. Not many. I've only had one. And it was like. It was like right before I met Natalie. Well, but you've told us about this one. This was somebody you met at work and had talked to and had known for a couple of days. I'm talking like yeah. you went out, you met a stranger and within a few hours they are 
back in your home? No, thank you. No. And like, in fact, nope. she never saw my home. I saw her hotel room one night. That's how you do it. That's yeah. how yeah. I did it. I went to her <laughs> hotel room. Hey, there you go. Hotel. But like what was super scary was the phone call I got literally like a month and a day later. That's right. You told us that there was a pregnancy scare. Oof magoo. Well, that's what you get for giving her your number. It was <laughs> it wasn't a pregnancy scare page. But like that's what you worry about when you get a call, right? Right. Yeah. Anyway, we cut to her going to work the next day because they do kick her out because she accidentally sits on his beautiful lampshade. <laughs> I thought it was funny. She's just trying to sit on the back of the sofa and is clumsy. So she slides over the back because it's more like a futon than a sofa. It's a sofa. It's a regular sofa. Don't sit on the back of it. You're an adult. Sure, 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 sure. But she slides down and crushes it. Yes. It's very funny. Yeah. Which, here's the thing, if she hadn't lit the boat on fire, it probably wouldn't have been an issue, but it seems like this is a multiple thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hello, Todd. It's Mikey. Hello, Mikey. It's Todd. <laughs> I need to tell you something. Mikey, it's fine. You'll be a great dad. That's, we're going to table that. <laughs> but on that table is a delicious factor meal. Yes! What a transition! Oh my God, guys, this actually is a factor ad. That was amazing, Mikey. Mikey here for factor meal on Romance of the Pod. Heck yeah. We're going to table it. Delicious, already fresh made meals, never frozen. It takes two minutes to warm up, just like Mikey does. I have a busy schedule. I work all day. I have fun too much. I also work at night. I also have too much fun. And I <laughs> have a problem with words. Yeah, words is one. Uh, <laughs> ordering out is another one. Same. I ordered out tonight. Yes. I literally got, let's just say a factor equivalent meal for Natalie and I. And it was like $48 when it could have been way less with factor. Yeah, and I, I struggle with proportions. In fact, it comes pre-proportioned, pre-prepared, chef re ready. I've used it before. Before they even advertised on the podcast, I used Factor Meals, especially when I was working a lot during the COVID lockdown. I mean, that was the best time to get on board with Factor, except for right now, because <laughs> Factor is giving 50% off to all of our listeners. If they go to factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 and use code romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's code romancingthepod50 at factormeals.com slash romancingthepod50 to get 50% off. That's a good deal. Do it. And they have an easy-to-use app. And they never require me to talk about the app. Mikey, that was the end of the ad. That was the I end know. of the ad. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going. All right, Factor Meals. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Anyway, so she goes to work and there's been a break-in because she did not lock the door. Quote, unquote, break-in. Yeah. Yeah. It was the Grinch. They were like, a green, hairy man came in here. But this is also where we see the crocodile with the pom-poms ornament. <laughs> Super fun. So cute. Most of these ornaments make no damn sense, and I love it. No, they're the best, though. But what 
you know, the cops make a report. They're going to, you know, file insurance. But what we find out after the cops leave is that Michelle Yeoh is like, I saw that you did not lock the door. So I broke my own window so you would not get in trouble and so that we could claim this for insurance. Yeah. And she's crying. And like, she's like, you made me break the law. That's not who I am. And I did that for you. And you made me do something I never thought I would do. And oh, I started crying. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. But like, it's clear that Michelle Yeoh, like her boss, loves Amelia Clark's character. Yeah. But she is so mad at her. It's it's such like a, it's a hard thing to nail. Yeah. And she nails it, man. It's so good. She nails it. Because basically what she's saying is like, I'm not going to fire you, but like when I hired you, you loved this job, you loved yourself and you have lost that. Yeah. So please find it because I can't afford to do this again. Yeah. So as she's kind of cleaning up, she does see the Scandinavian guy who's like lurking. And so she's like, okay, he like likes her. This is like a thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) When you first see them together and he like is holding up that sled thing that he was thinking of buying, and he puts it down and walks out. He's like, I'll think about it and come back. He did that because he, like, wanted to see her again. Like, Yeah, he needs a reason to come back. Yes, he very clearly is doing, like, a leave behind yeah. with her own merchandise, which I thought yeah. was very funny. Her weird Santa Moses <laughs> yes. glitter sled merchandise. It was so weird, but I loved it. But as she's leaving and actually locking up this time, Tom is there. And she basically says to him, like, I don't have any place to go. I got kicked out, so I got to figure out what to do. And he's like, okay, well, here's the homeless shelter, and this is where I volunteer. And (laughs) she's just like, no. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? And he basically, through talking to her, I think, convinces her to go home to her parents. Yes. And this is the first time you meet her parents. Like, she has been out of the house this whole movie, even though she technically lives at home and she shows up and it's a duplex and one side of the plex is christmas out (laughs) and we very distinctly see her go to the other side yes that is not lit up at all it's great (laughs) it's a great visual indicator of what we're about to get into yes and we meet emma thompson as her mom who very clearly has a lot of trauma from them escaping during the war like yeah she is not doing great and also they do pepper in because this is this movie came out or is occurring when brexit is occurring because it's occurring in 2017 yeah and her mom has this fear of like they'll villainize us and we'll be asked to leave again like it is happening to me again she is being kind of re-traumatized yeah about that yeah man when when and they don't talk about it in this scene but like when they do and she's like Mom, you don't have to worry about it. This is where you this is where you live. This is your home now. She's like, "No. This is how it starts." And then yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to flee the country. Like, yes. and her mother went through that. Like, yeah. That's not just a fear for her. It's something she experienced. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so sad. It is crazy, but she sings her to sleep. And I do think that a lot of the things her mother is doing is out of love, but oh, it is yeah. also tied up in her mom's own issues because that's what being a person and a parent is like. Right. <laughs> You've got your own baggage to deal with too, and some people deal better than others. And It's not okay to treat your children badly, uh, but also we have to realize that our parents are human and imperfect to a degree. But I do think she is doing the best she can. Like, it's very clear that, like, everything comes from a place of love, and it's not, like, 
she's trying to hurt other people. She's not malicious. Yeah. Yeah. But and Emma Thompson does such a good job as this like Yugoslavian person. Just overbearing mom. Oh. She is overbearing, is what she is. Yeah. Yes. She is amazing in this movie. Yeah. I love Emma Thompson. She's so good. But we cut to them going to the doctor's appointment the next day, and the doctor's asking them a bun- bunch of questions, and they have different answers. And I would say Emma Thompson's answers are correct. Yes. Like she's telling the truth. Yeah. Well, because the doctor's like, well, how much are you drinking? And Emma Thompson's like, yes. a lot. She drink like pirate. Yeah. And, uh, but Amelia Clark is like, oh, occasionally. But, you know, Emma Thompson's the one who's being accurate. Yeah. Well, and I think what the doctor, well, and I guess you can't force people, but there's a part of me that's like, these answers would indicate maybe therapy <laughs> would be yeah. good. Because I think then we would get to the the root of the issue instead. Uh, I mean, a lot of people who do get transplants do go to therapy mm-hmm. to like, the, even though you have been incredibly lucky to have received that and be able to like have a prolonged life because of it, there is a lot of like guilt that comes along with it uh, that you have to work through. I've never dealt with that specifically myself, but I've talked to people who have. Yeah. And it's like pretty common that they would go to therapy. So like. She's not in therapy in this movie, but I do think it would help her, Paige. I think you're right. Yep. I mean, we Tom sort of gives her therapy in this movie. Like, yeah. I do think on some level this is a metaphor for her, her coming to terms with, like, the gift that she was given. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think there's some people who come into your life and are really good for you, and they bring a really good, yes. healthy perspective. And so that's good, too. Uh, I mean, it's unfortunate when they're dead and they're dead hearts <laughs> inside of you. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Yep. Ah, uh, my heart played me. Anyway, and and I do like that the doctor does say to both of them, like to her, she's like, "Hey, you need to rest more, eat better, stop being so angry. You need to get a hobby." Yeah, <laughs> like, she tells Emma Thompson, the mom, that she needs to like calm down, stop being so overbearing, get some friends, get a hobby, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And she really like Emma Thompson's character. Like the whole movie is pretty much like a homebody. Like her husband's out driving a minicab the whole time because when. They couldn't afford to get him recertified as a lawyer when they like moved here as I think refugees. Yes, yeah. From Yugoslavia. So like she is very much like the homebody who worries. Right. You know, that's like her lot in life. Yeah. And she really does need to like get out and meet people and start a sewing club or something, you know? Put up some Christmas lights. <laughs> yeah, you know, yes. like go wild. Yes, something. Yes. But we cut to She's back at work and Tom shows up at work and is helping her clean and reset the store. Because I assume the store has been closed since the break in so that they could kind of reset everything. I mean, I got the impression that she was like the one cleaning it up. Yes. Uh, which I think is sort of fair since she's the one that like through negligence let it happen. Yeah. Because it wasn't like it got robbed, really. It seemed like kids broke in and broke a bunch of the like displays and stuff like that, but like didn't necessarily steal or you know, clear out the inventory. So she just cleans up and sets it back up like it's a store, more or less. And Tom helps her do that. There are ornaments outside. So some stuff did get stolen, but I that do, I agree. It's like they trashed the place. Yeah. So Tom comes to help her clean up the store. And this is where we do get uh, like some of the craziest stuff in the store, which I love, including the weird nativity where baby Jesus has a full set of teeth. Yes. And it's like a techno, like last Christmas yeah. that last it plays. Christmas it's great. That gave me my heart. And it like just lights up neon. <laughs> I love it. And I love that her explanation is that like Michelle Yeoh's character fucking loves Christmas in all of its forms. She does not care if it is Christmas. She loves it. But also she is ordering a lot of this stuff from her overseas warehouses and who knows what you're going to get. 
which is it does mean that a lot of these ornaments are sweatshop made but try not to think about it i mean we don't know where they're sourced from but yeah maybe i don't know i mean okay weird fact most blown glass ornaments are either from china if they're cheap if they're if they're less expensive or poland poland ships most of the blown glass ornaments in the world you're welcome okay i only know that because we carried 127 different kinds of them at sir latav and they were all from poland well there you go and you could get like an avocado toast ornament and stuff a lot of a lot of weird glass ones that i don't have because i have cats so i know better yeah same oh well anywho so they're kind of putting everything back together she gets a burger and fries, which does sound delicious. <laughs> it does. But he takes her down kind of through this dark alley, through this like air conditioning duct thing, and they exit out into an ice rink because he remembered the audition she told him that she had for that weekend where she doesn't know how to ice skate. And so he basically spends some time on the ice with her. I mean, teaching her how to ice skate. It's so sweet. He doesn't work magic, but, you know, it is very sweet. Couples ice skating, always fun. Oh, I meant like the breaking and entering part. Oh, oh yeah. But no, the couples ice skating. Yeah, 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 that too. Oh, nothing is hotter than when you break and enter Ooh, with somebody. Yeah, 100%. Being in a place you're not supposed to be, like hooking up there. B and E, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do the break and I'll do the entering. You know what I'm yeah. <laughs> Anyway, security guard finds them. They run away. In ice skates. Difficult to run it. I love when we <laughs> see at the end when we get like the Fight Club reveal in this movie. I love when we see this scene where it's just her it's like just skittering her. off the ice. It made me laugh. And teaching herself how to ice skate. Yeah. So he said like she's headed home. He has to go work for the night and he's like, I'll find you at the shop. And she's like, okay. So she goes back to the shop, but she sees that like Scandinavian guy and is like, Hey, boss, I'm going to take over for you because somebody wants to talk to you. Yeah, someone specifically needs you to help them, I think is what she says. Bow, bow, yeah. bow, bow, bow. He likes sauerkraut. I mean, I, I think he was vaguely German, right? He Yeah, it, it's unclear. He hails from one of the Germanic places. Yes, I'm not sure they ever said country of origin, but I got like German vibes because the sauerkraut. And yes. accent, he has a little bit of an accent. Although, admittedly, I couldn't tell the difference amongst those accents. So I have no idea, really. He does offer her a Christmas decoration that is glass-blown pickled cabbage. Probably from Poland, right? Potentially Poland. <laughs> Paige, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I learned a long time ago that like a lot of those glass-blown ornaments come from Poland, actually. What? Did Tell you know? me again. Tell Did me all about that? it. Can I find an ornament <laughs> that's an avocado toast? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can you? You can. <laughs> anyway, I actually do have a set that I maybe I'll put up in a way where the cat get, can't get them that are just little desserts. They're little glass desserts and they're very cute. Adorable. Anywho, she goes on her, her next audition. Oh, but not before uh, Michelle Yeoh and that guy set up a date. And he's like, this is the best thing in my life. And she's like, the Christmas given? And I was like, yes, let it be the Christmas given. But no, it was Christmas. And they both bond over their love of Christmas, which I do feel like Christmas people find each other. They do. 
Natalie and I both love Christmas. We're we are Christmas till February people. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, and here's the thing: I married a Halloween person, and I didn't dislike Halloween. It was just that I was such aggressively a Christmas person. Sure, you can be both, though. Listen, you can be both. Jake is not a Christmas person, but we collectively have become extreme Halloween and Christmas people. Yes, and have both like endeared each other's holiday to each other <laughs> that's actually sort of been natalie and i's journey as well i was more of a halloween guy and she was more of a christmas girl you know although um, she loved halloween too so maybe yeah. i just learned the love of christmas from her yeah armando torres has a very interesting theory about this he said it one time on an episode and i was like fuck you might be right where he thinks that christmas is the holiday for people who grew up stable enough to have presents that's exactly what i was thinking too and halloween is the holiday for people who maybe didn't have that kind of money yep and but you could still have a good halloween with no money it didn't matter how rich your family was you got yep. the same haul at the end of the night yes yeah i halloween is my favorite yeah and here's the thing i i come from a family where we would have a good Christmas if we had no money and if we had infinity money because it's about us being together and doing our weird traditions, which is why I'm flying home this weekend for our annual ornament exchange. So like, you know, you, Christmas is what you make it. And make it fun, baby. Yeah. Anyway, she goes to her audition and she skates in. She seems to do okay, but not great. And as she's walking away, that lady from the early seasons of Bake Off is just like, She'd be good for the horse character, I think. And I was like, oof. But I do love that she falls on her way out of the ice rink and you just hear someone say, thank goodness for a heavy wearing tight. And I was like, thank goodness indeed. I just ordered some. Anyway, we cut back to work and she's helping Santa, a.k.a. Michelle Yeoh, get ready for her date. And this is where we reveal that when she worked at the pet shop, her name was Kitty. When yes. she worked... At a restaurant, her name was Miso. When she worked at a bakery, her name was Muffin. Love it. I loved every version of it. But also, she we realized that she can't pronounce the Scandinavian guy's name. She calls him Boy. And we never learn his name. We never hear it. <laughs> no, his name is Boy, which I was fine with. But in this moment is when Santa is... <laughs> Santa. Michelle Yeoh is like, my name is... And says her actual authentic name, which I tried to type out. And I probably failed... And I, I believe it was Wang Shichen, mm -hmm. I believe is the name she says. Okay. I could be very wrong. I'm so sorry. But <laughs> that'll come back in a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, we haven't seen Tom, though. And so she goes to the homeless shelter to look for him. And literally, they're like, is anybody named Tom? And like 14 people raise their hands. I did think that was funny. Yeah. But this is where I think she kind of sees the inside of the homeless shelter she meets the people that volunteer there. I mean, yeah, she meets the actual volunteers because Tom doesn't really volunteer there. He doesn't. He's a ghost. But this is her forging inroads with the people that will become her new support system. Yeah, her new community. Yeah. But she goes home for family dinner. And this is where some of the more toxic dynamics of her family are at play, <laughs> where it is her sister's promotion dinner. But A, her sister's girlfriend is not there. And B... They kind of still make it all about Amelia Clark's character, even though it's to celebrate the sister's promotion. It's kind of like everything always revolves around her and making sure she's okay. Yeah. Which can, is exhausting for the other sibling who has like her own life and aspirations and has done her own things. I mean, I definitely understand why there is that animosity there in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I really fucking hate what happens in this scene. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, because essentially she outs her sister. Yeah. And and here's the thing. It sounds like Alba's been around for a while, so I don't know how much of it was an outing. I, I mean, her Emma Thompson does ask, like, her flatmate, <laughs> like, your roommate? And she's like, no, it's not the roommate. But there's a part of me that's like, did they already know this and they're pretending to be obtuse or is this a revelation? If it is a revelation, she outed her sister. That is fucking awful. Yeah. But the movie doesn't give us a ton of information because it seems like the dad kind of already knew. So I don't know. Yeah. Because, of course, her sister gets up and storms out like, fuck you, I'm out of here kind of a thing. Yeah. And the dad does get up and chase after her. Right. So we never really learn what's going on with that relationship because that's not necessarily what this movie's about. But yeah. It's really bad of her to have done this. Yeah. And earlier it's established that the dad and the mom are not really on the same page about stuff. And yes. She, like earlier in the film, she's like, why don't you just leave mom? Yeah. yeah. I do in this scene. I know it's meant to be harsh and damaging, uh, but I love every time Eva Thompson critiques someone's looks. It cracks me up because it's so mean. So funny. <laughs> like, where she's like, you look a thousand years old. And I was just like, <laughs> damn. That's like the time my grandma bought me a piggy bank that said facelift fund. <laughs> oh my God, that's terrible. Now, in my grandmother's defense, this was deep in the dementia years. She did not realize that's what it was. But that is why I still have it on my shelf behind me. <laughs> because it's one of the funniest gifts I've ever received. How old was I, you ask? 20. <laughs> 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 That's why no one asked. We were afraid to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Anyway, this is also where we learn that the <laughs> the insult they're yelling at each other in their in their home tongue translates to I will nail you to my dick. Which we got to start saying. Yes. Got to start saying it. It's great. Absolutely. Yeah. I also did love that like the mom character doesn't quite understand that dick means penis. She's like, dick is neighbor. Like <laughs> neighbor's penis. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that was very funny. I mean, what would have been extra funny is if at the end of the movie, like the neighbor with all the Christmas lights comes out and is like, hey, guys. And it's just a giant dick. And you're like, dick, nice to meet you're you. You're like, oh, dick is penis. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we cut to she walks and goes to a bar and then kind of wanders the city for a little bit until she runs into Tom, who's just like, hey, I just you know, finished my shift at the homeless shelter. Wink, wink. No, I didn't. I'm a ghost. <laughs> but this is where he he's like, let's talk about it. I'm taking you home to my place. They get to his place and it's incredibly tidy and very tiny. And there's only that one bed. But she sits on the floor and this is where they have that really vulnerable moment where he touches her scar and it's weirdly the hottest part of this movie. He holds her. But it's also like I cry during this scene. It's also like a really like oh, heartfelt, yeah. like emotionally wrenching scene. I only think that it's sort of hot when he touches her scar because they have so much chemistry. Yes. It's yeah, not yeah. necessarily what they're like talking about. No. Y'all can touch my scars. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's not the action. It's the weight of what that means. Because he is the only one that she is allowed to do that. I accept you. Yes. Well, yeah. And like her being completely vulnerable with like the scar and him like, I love this. This is, I, yeah, yeah. I accept all of you and this. And then he like holds her while she like 
gets all vulnerable and cry <laughs> and like yeah. it's just yeah i've had a few moments of like that in my life vice versa and like it's so nice and safe when people are like that it is it's they're truly like the magical moments that build long-term relationships you know or create heartbreak in the future well because you come to find out that that person you built that moment with is a ghost yeah and unfortunately, they got busted. They got ghost busted. <laughs> but busting made him feel good. <laughs> busting makes him feel good. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Not only do they have conversations about her being vulnerable they and just about her own experience, they get into the nature of the value in being special and what special means and how special can also be hurtful Yeah, because of the expectations that you place yeah. on yourself or others. And I was like, this is a great conversation that I wish I was not crying. Through. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like it's a lot in one scene where we get into like, I would say two to three layers of really deep conversation. Yeah. That's one of those things where like people are like, Oh, you went on like one date with them and you're like really into them. But if like something like that happened, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. But people don't talk about that. You don't just be like, I told him every fear I had about myself in life. And then I cried <laughs> in his arms. Yeah. And he was like really great about it. That's like, not really a, a first date thing. But sometimes <laughs> that kind of shit happens, man. If I just met you, that's a lot. I mean, I'm going to assume <laughs> that they walked and talked all night or whatever. Right. Because they've done that a couple of times. This is also like the fourth or fifth. I wouldn't call this yeah. their first date. No. I would call that first walk their first date. I'd agree. Yeah. This is like their fifth or sixth date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is why she's like trying to like seal the deal. Like she's like. She's trying to smash. Yeah. yeah. She's trying to smash and well, smash. And, and here's the thing. I don't think it's just to like have a place to go or, you oh, know. Me or either. to dull the senses. I think this is her being like, I do really like you. You won me over and i do also love that he's gonna sing her to sleep and he's like i'm a terrible singer and she says everyone can sing and i'm like no <laughs> not everyone can it's okay we should accept that yeah i mean but some people even though they can't sing enjoy it and i say more power to those people enjoy yeah, well, it and especially in situations like this where it's just to other people you care about exactly who gives a fuck like sing as much as you want you know and, and be okay with the fact that you're bad <laughs> Yeah, embrace like, it. It's not a performance. This is just for this person. <laughs> right. I mean, it is so a performance of sorts, but it's like just you being silly and vulnerable with like yeah. a person you could see as your partner. Like, <laughs> or your children or sure, like whoever yes. you're singing to that's not Simon Cowell. Like, you right. know, it's fine. Anyway, he says no. He's like, we're we're not gonna, I'll kiss you, but like, that's not He's it. He's like, you can't handle this ghost dick. Ghost dick. I want you to ectoplasm inside me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, now I'm just picturing those like ecto cooler drinks, but just like, oh, mm -mm. but this is where here and then later when they kind of make out on that bench for a little bit. Yeah, I it, it gave me preacher's wife vibes where the angel is like, should I make out with Whitney? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like Denzel, I get it. I would have struggled even if I was an angel. A hundred percent. Yeah, but like at least he's not an angel. At least not an angel. You know, should I make out with the woman who literally snatched my heart out of my own chest? Okay, she didn't Kali Ma him. Like, yeah. We don't know. <laughs> we do know. He got no, hit by a truck, no. Paige. We do see a lot of detail in the surgery, down to them cutting their chests open. Yes. Anyway, so she wakes up and, and he's gone, but she goes home and this is where her mom is scared that Brexit is going to send them all back. And she's just like, they're not, it's going to be okay. Uh, but then she goes to work and actually like 
bought a coffee for Michelle Yeoh and is asking about her date and is trying yeah. to be her friend. Yeah, I honestly feel like this is what she used to be like. Yeah. And Michelle Yeoh is like, she's sort of like cluing into that. Yeah. Although this scene ends with Michelle Yeoh being like, cool. Get back to work. Yeah. Like, she's very much her boss, but in everything she says, there's, like, so much love behind it. I love it. She's great. Yeah. Well, and so we cut to that night where she starts, and that scene is also where she says, I think I'm going to stop going on auditions because I just don't really think it's very healthy for me to do. Yeah. Which, valid choice. You have to deal with so much rejection when you're in that line of work, Paige. I know you know this. But, like, I get why at some point you're just like, I I just need to stop doing it. And honestly, for her, it probably is just until I get through whatever I'm getting going through. And then I can get back into it. I just can't handle that much rejection in my face right now when I'm in this state. And I get that. There's also no shame in deciding that it's not you and it's not your time. Like, there's a really sad movie that also makes me ugly cry called Don't don't think twice oh the improv one yeah and and essentially a huge amount of them like a group of them decide that it doesn't matter if we're ever going to make it we're just doing this for fun because we enjoy it yeah one of them gets the chance to get big and chooses not to because that's not the version of it they want to have one of them makes it onto like the snl of the movie yeah and then one of them quits and it's the message of the movie is like, hey, sometimes it's okay to quit yeah. if that's going to make your life better. <laughs> sort of love that movie. And it's a super fucking sad movie, but it's a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> I am an improv nerd, so I love that movie. Anyway, that's she starts singing in front of the shelter, which I think is also her version of like, I, I may have stopped auditioning, but I'm not going to stop singing. I'm going to sing in the way that makes me the happiest. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think you see her singing get better because at the audition, yeah, she doesn't do a great job. Like she's fine. Yeah, she's not West End worthy, right? And by the end of this movie, when she's on that stage singing at the talent show, like benefit concert, like she sounds great. Yeah, passionate. Yeah, passionate. Thus ensues a montage of her singing, making more money, making friends with the group, uh, deciding to throw like a benefit show. They all get to audition. The auditions are amazing. I love the old lady, man. She is I so love her. fucking funny. Oh, she, it looks like if somebody had a picture of the cat lady from the Simpsons and were like, recreate this in real life. And thus they did. But make her like dirty as shit. And, but by dirty, I mean like her mouth. Exactly. <laughs> like her being like, spread your legs. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's right, Janice. <laughs> She is singing some filthy stuff in her audition piece, and everyone was like, (laughs) hell yeah, Grandma, let's go. I also love the one that used a traffic cone as a megaphone. I was like, I'm here for all of this. It was great. here for all of this. And the guy who juggles and then drops it, and then is like, this is the floor show. (laughs) I love that. I I literally laughed out loud, Paige. (laughs) I was like, of course, every juggler is funny. Because they get made fun of so much that they have such a good defense mechanism for that. They dared to juggle. Exactly. Have you ever met someone who juggles professionally? They are one of the hottest pieces of ass at their traveling Renfair, first off. Uh, Everyone wants to bang the juggler, Mikey. The problem is he's always got a side piece. Oh, no. I work. Uh, with a professional juggler who would juggle and do stand-up comedy at the same time. And, and he was super nice, hilarious. But his final 
act trick that he would do is he had an umbrella and he would buy a Burger King Whopper and it had to be a Whopper. Like he was so specific about it. Something about the weight, something about it where it only worked with Whoppers and he would spin it on the the umbrella, like standing upwards like a wheel. Okay. So like he'd be spinning the umbrella and then the burger would be rolling around the rim of the umbrella and he could like keep it in the air indefinitely basically until the burger rotted from this earth it was wild <laughs> but one time he forgot the whopper and i had to go get one <laughs> there you go <laughs> <Show business. laughs> why not just eat it that sounds delicious he does okay this is as he he like spins it he'll flip it and then take a bite out of it and then catch it again and continue to spin it Dude's fucking amazing. I can't even, like, how did he come up with that, let alone, like, put in the work it would take to be able to pull that off on stage? He also famously could balance people's shoes on his face, and he would get people's shoes from the audience. And do it. He's been on Letterman a ton. It's, his name is Michael Rayner. He is hilarious. He's been on TV a bunch. But, yeah, he would, like, request shoes from the audience and balance them on his face. He's great. It. He's got way more Instagram followers than I do. That's awesome. I'm, I'm honestly just impressed. Like, I'm not even making fun of it. I think it's awesome. No, it's great. And he juggles all kinds of weird household stuff. Which I mean, I don't know if you know this, Paige, but I can juggle. Can you? Yes, Mikey. That surprises me zero. Of course I can. God, it's almost like you dedicated your life to never having sex. Yeah. <laughs> And you failed. I think it's funny that you'd say that someone who like toured professionally with their rock band. You also toured professionally with your march band. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was in high school at that point. Like, I wasn't like a professional marching bandist. Yeah, sure. but like of all the things that if you were like listing things out and were like social suicide, marching band, juggling. But did you did you study sleight of hand? <laughs> Yeah, do you do close-up magic? I actually never got into close-up magic. But that I is don't like, believe that. If I, no, I promise you I did not. And th the reason that stands out to me is because I think if I did check that one off, I would definitely be like Jeff from the True Flames cult. Like, that. that's like, oh, yeah. that's the one thing that separates me from that guy. Like, you're pretty close to him on like Twitch streaming. Yes. No, like, Mikey, when yeah. I watched that, I was like, oh, fuck, he's a theater nerd gamer. On Yeah, on Thanksgiving uh, Day, theater, Todd yeah. and I were texting about it, and Todd's like, he's evil world me. Like, yes. if this is a multiverse, he's the evil version of me. And I was like, yep. yeah. He is my Wario. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah. yes, Jeff from Twin Flames is your warrior. That's why I joined the Facebook group. I wanted to see what's going <laughs> He's on. He's your twin. I'm not He's even joking, Paige. I've requested to join the group after we had that conversation. He's your twin flame. No, no, no. He He's your twin lame. <laughs> oh. He is for sure my twin lame, yes. Uh, you both had long hair. You both read Ender's Game. <laughs> I read Ender's Game. The first book is really good. I hate that he's not great, but that first book was real good. I did love Ender's Game, though, Mikey. You're, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it's like Harry Potter, where like you read it, and you're like, wow, this person's so open minded. And then you read an interview, you're like, I guess that book was that book was a fluke. Then I mean, Orson Scott <laughs> Card was still Mormon, so yeah, yeah. But it, but the book is like very not traditional values like that. It's very like op like accepting and open and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's called pandering and a message of tolerance. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, hey, some people are blind to their own creation. 
like that guy who didn't think that movie we did was about Vietnam. And that time that J.K. Rowling wrote a book where people literally have potions that allow them to turn into other identities. And she's just like, no, there's only version, one version of women. We, yeah, we can't That's talk just about a story. the story. Yeah. How can you invent polyjuice potion and then be that much of a bigot? Like, it doesn't right? make sense to me. It's so nuts. But like, congrats on your money. Sorry, you're terrible. Ugh. Anyway, so she goes looking in the secret garden. She finds him and they do kiss for a bit. And it's very... I was like, yeah. God, they have so much chemistry. Like, yeah, it's hot. This is like the morning after really good sex chemistry. Yeah. And they didn't even sleep together. No, no. I really don't like this joke may not work, but like this is a weird sequel because I never thought they would make crazy dead Asians. Mikey, I first want to thank you for your bravery. How dare you? Uh, right Shut now. up, Twin Flames! <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Mikey, he he was Nick Young in Crazy Rich Asians, which I have not also seen, Paige. I what? It up. I've seen it. He's like the main dude. He's like really good in that movie. I'm sure he's really good in this movie. I'm waiting for us to do it because like, Same. I don't want to watch it. And then, yeah. Anyway, so he's like, hey, I got to talk to you. Uh, because I'm sure at this point he was going to be like, I'm a ghost. You have my heart. But instead she's like, you gay, you married, you need space. And he's like, you can't depend on me. And I'm like, wait, is the heart going to stop working? No, 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 no. This is the, this is the talk I give to people. I'm like, look, I know that I'm not super into this, but I do think you're pretty cool, but don't depend on me. He does sort of like put off sort of like non-committal vibes. Cause I don't think she would have ever guessed I'm a ghost. And you have my heart in your chest. Like, she's not going to assume that. She right. should just, like, let him finish talking. The sentence, yeah. But I understood why she was thinking what she was thinking. Yeah, it's also why I, I could not have predicted that those animatronics would be full of the souls of dead children. And the bodies, <laughs> but all, Paige. But also the and bodies of the dead bodies. Children. What is happening in Five Nights at Freddy's? I still don't know. And I refuse. I refuse to watch the videos people have been linking me. I refuse, Paige. I want to watch it. I'm going to Google that. If somebody send me that, I'll watch it when I'm going to bed. When I'm like, I need to go to bed. I don't have time. I literally have been working from like 8 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. the past two days. I signed up for four morning workouts. I have worked out three afternoons as well <laughs> because I have slept in every workout that I signed up for. Yeah. I, uh, while I've been working on or my ornament for the ornament exchange, uh, have just been watching. I did a rewatch of Spartacus Blood and Sand. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I got the Crixus fever. Yo, Snow <laughs> so, Crixus. Yo, Snow Crixus. And you know what? Fucking holds up. <laughs> of course it does. I just don't, I just think he doesn't liken her a lot because he's a ghost. Like a lichen. Isn't that a ghost? A lichen is not no, a ghost. A lichen is a fucking mozzie mushroom. You Weirdo. What's the L-I-C-H one? I, I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's a it's not often used. But lichen is like things you find in the forest. Moss and lichen. I would be liking it if we finished this episode. Same. I got to go bang one out. Got to go have sex with my wife. Not to quote Christopher <laughs> Guest, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, she doesn't let him finish. And is like, I can't do this anymore because it's making me feel really bad about myself. Which, by the way, people in relationships say this more often <laughs> of like, I think it's not good for me to continue to see you because it makes me feel bad about myself. 
that's a perfectly good reason to end a relationship. Yeah. And you should, you know, that's what you say to the dude who like really likes hanging out with you and really likes having sexy times with you, but won't introduce you to his friends. There you go. That's what you say to that person. Yeah. Someone who doesn't respect you as a person, but as a thing. Yeah. You say bye to that mm -hmm. person for sure. Bye bye. I have a lot of experience being just a piece of meat in relationships. (laughs) I feel like you don't. (laughs) If by piece of meat, you mean maybe like juggling chicken nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. What are you talking about? When I was in theater juggling. How, How dare you be so accurate? When I was on stage juggling in the background of the fair scene. The women were just throwing their stockings upon me. See, it'd be different if it was like Crixus, who's like, I feel like people only want me for my body. I was like, I think you might be right, bro. <laughs> like, but us, no, we have to have personality. No. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, so we cut to her on the bus and she overhears a couple talking in her home language and an asshole on the bus is like, it's England, speak English. And you're just like, ugh. Gross, they have those too. I know. I honestly, okay, this is a terrible scene. I love what she does because when that asshole gets off the bus, she comes over and like says to those people in Yugoslavia, and I believe, you know, thank you for being here. You are more than welcome here. And then they start to have a conversation and it like sort of fades away to another scene. It's very sweet, but this scene is terrible, but it also like made me feel like maybe America isn't like the only place that has these kind of problems. Right. After the scene on the bus, she shows up at her sister and Alba's house and she talks to Alba. And I do also really like that Alba is like her, her conversation with Alba is like, I'm sorry. I didn't take the time to get to know you because like, even though like mom and dad are mom and dad, I should have taken the time yeah. to get to know you. I think she's taking ownership of also sort of taking no notice in her sister's private life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like not even concerning herself with it. So I did like that, but she also is apologizing, I think mainly for like outing her sister to her parents. Right. Which is why her yes. sister's like not talking to her. Like right. yeah. she is trying, she's making inroads into like repairing that relationship, which I love. Yeah. So we cut to her in a bar where a guy hits on her and offers to buy her another drink. And she's like, you know what? No, I don't need another drink. I don't need your validation. I don't need your validation, but also I don't need your tannins. So she's at work coloring posters and is asking questions about how it's going with uh, Santa. Quote unquote, boy. Boy, Santa and boy, Santa and boy. Michelle Yeoh and her new boyfriend. And Michelle Yeoh is like, well, how about Tom? And she's like, it's never going to happen. And he won't commit and says, I made a career out of being a victim. And I like that Michelle Yeoh is like, yeah, I like that guy. And like, he also gives her harsh truths sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you need to hear the truth, even if it's painful. Yep. But she starts actively living at home again and is kind of, I, I do love that she seems to kind of repair her relationship with her mom where they go to like a food fair and they seem to have like a good day together of like, yeah, I know she's crazy, but like, you know, we're, we're having a good time. I'm spending time with her while I can. They buy a bottle of something for the sister with a necklace on it. Yeah. Which it looked like it was like a Saint medallion. I couldn't really see what it was though. Yeah. I couldn't make it out, but she goes to Tom's apartment and rings for him. And I think she's going to probably apologize to him, but she gets up there and there's a realtor and the realtor is like, yeah, these are kind of a bitch because when somebody dies, it takes like forever to rent out the apartment. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, some Webster guy. He got hit by a truck last Christmas. And at this point, we get the like flashes 
where we realized it was his heart. And you're like, oh my God, yeah. it's a return to me. This is like the Fight Club reveal. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I was, okay, so I, yes. I had read the premise. So I knew this already. And I right. still was like loving it. I loved this so much. <laughs> I knew he was a ghost and I hadn't figured out why he was a ghost yet. And as soon as it showed him on the truck and then him on the, the gurney and her on the gurney, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, oh yeah. no, what? I mean, you should know that that ghost gave her his heart because of the first seven words of the song last Christmas. Okay, he didn't give. He he died. Guys, they take it. They took it from him and put it in her. Christmas, he signed his organ donor card. They stole it from my chest. They didn't and steal I it. Want it back. That, those were his wishes. Last Christmas, I signed a card where people could rip out my heart and give it to a stranger. Yeah. Am I the only organ donor on the podcast, guys? I'm an organ donor to your mom. <laughs> I feel like the amount of cheese I eat, people aren't going to want my organs. But if they do, they're there for the taking. Hell yeah. I also have like a DNR. I don't want to like, if if I'm out, I'm out. Already? Yes, because once you own, like when you own property and get married, you have to set up your will. And so like if I'm in a car accident and it looks like I'm not going to come back, I have to have those directives for Jake. So he doesn't you have to make have an uninformed will. call. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Any adult should have a will if you can, <laughs> especially if you own a house. Yeah. Definitely should have a will. Mikey realizing he needs to get a will because he owns a house right now live on this episode. I'll see you in prostate court. That's probate court. <laughs> prostate court is a I very know, different prostate thing. Prostate court is a great drag race sketch. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to prostate court. <laughs> <laughs> Order in the court. I'm so glad you guys laughed at that. I was like, I don't know. This could be too stupid to be funny. Nope. It was the right amount of stupid for me. Not stupid enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she she goes to the garden and he shows up. And this is this is where I start like ugly crying. Yes. <laughs> because this is where he's like, my heart, take it with you. <laughs> Like, I mean, yeah. Take care of my heart. You would have had it one way or another. And you're just like, I know. know. Just remember, it is sort of like herpes, though, Mm -hmm. because like no matter who she's with after him, he'll always be there. She'll always carry a part of him. I think she ends up with the other guy at the homeless shelter. Me, too. I think they set that up, Paige. Mm Yeah, because he has like. Tom vibes. You know what I'm saying? He does have kind of Tom vibes. He does vibes. have Tom vibes. Yeah. So I agree. Anyway, this is where they reveal that his bench says, look up. And I was like, because of the truck? I like, know. What the fuck? Whoever put that bench there for him, knew him, liked him, but they weren't very close. Because that's like a great joke, but like your family would never do that. No, I mean, I think he said that to everybody. One, I don't know if we talked about it in enough detail, but like, Everyone should have noticed the fucking cricket sign. Like, are you blind? But then also, like, his whole phrase was look up, and that did, it It killed him. But, like, you have to memorialize that. He, like, he he died like he lived, looking up. I, I Here's, I will, I will disagree with Todd a little bit in that I believe, and maybe this is just my family, sometimes family is the only one that can make those incredibly dark jokes. Yeah, that's true. One of my dad's favorites uh, when my Grand, my maternal grandmother uh, had dementia. 
is that he would tell people he's like, yeah, she has dementia. So she doesn't really know the size and volume and shape of objects (laughs) as if it was like dimensiona. Like dimensions? Um, Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, Yeah. and it, it would get me... Every single time Uh, that or when he had to explain to us as children how AIDS happens and and works. And he was like, well, it's a disease that affects your immune system. So anything could kill you like the flu or a cold or a spear, anything. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, accurate, accurate. (laughs) But I think you're right about that, because like you and Mikey, when you guys make fun of my brother, like it's it's funny. But like when listeners do, it's less funny to me. Yeah, not. I need you to know that I don't make fun of your brother. I make fun of you not being able to <laughs> to like to deal keep with your this. brother alive. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh God, your therapist is not paid enough. I have multiple friends with dead brothers, and I, I'd like you to know that we do the same thing to Doug too. <laughs> like, I'd like to meet Doug. You did meet Doug again. <laughs> Oh, wow. Who? Doug who? Doug at Rose Battle, yeah. Oh. He, he famously has a dead brother that Tony Hinchcliffe made fun of, and then he made Tony Hinchcliffe, Tony Hinchcliffe regret that, and it was great. All right. I have two brothers, just in case, you know. I mean, I had a, I had a backup, too. Aaron Espair. Anyway, take the heart. You take it with you. We cut to two weeks <laughs> later. She does the show. She has a great time. We cut to Christmas at her house where... Alba is there and has brought tiramisu that her mother calls lesbian pudding. And I was like, not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. Uh, but... It's good, though. I mean, tiramisu does sound like a French film I would watch on HBO at about two in the morning when I was in ninth grade to be like, I think these two girls are going to kiss. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, they, they, they seem to have a happier Christmas together. And, and that's, that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about Last Christmas? Uh, very sweet, very good. Don't want to watch it again anytime soon. Yeah, I did love it. I love it. It's a Christmas movie, but I will not watch it every Christmas like I do with so many other Christmas movies. No, okay, I will tell you, I, I felt the same way you feel now when I watched it the first time. And I was kind of like, oh, no, how will this be on a rewatch? It was less of this. I felt okay. better watching it the second time, knowing what's happening. Sure. I think it's a better rewatch. I, it's like horror movies for me. Like the second time you watch it, it's not as scary, right? Yeah. So this is like less traumatic emotionally to watch a second time. That makes sense, honestly. But I really do love it. Like Emma Thompson's amazing. Uh, and she wrote this with her husband and like writing partner. And I, I, I love that relationship. I've learned way more about Emma Thompson through this podcast than I ever thought I ever would. And all the acting's amazing. So, like, it's really fun and easy to watch. It's just, on a first watch, pretty sad. Yep. But, do you have any fun facts for us, Paige? I do. Well, here it is with your fun facts. Last Christmas, fun facts. Fun fact. <laughs> this was filmed on location in London, but in order to avoid crowds, they started filming around 2 a.m. This is something that they also did in 28 Days Later, where they would film at 5 a.m. Yeah. To just get, like, empty streets. It's, I think it's really, in 28 Days Later, it serves to make London look very eerie. But in this, yeah. I, I think it's it gives you that I, that feeling of that magical late night city vibe. I think so, too. Because there, there aren't many people on the streets around them when they're walking. I'm not even sure if I saw any. Um, but it's it really is just them walking down, like, very pretty streets in London. Like, that one alley they walked down is, like, really cool. Beautiful. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Love the scenery in this. 
Uh, Amelia Clark does her own singing for the movie. No shit. Okay, awesome. I wondered. Yeah, she did great. Yeah, because she, she actually does a, she has a great voice. Yeah. Now, Paul Feig, the director, was not interested in doing a, a Christmas comedy because he had done one in 2006 called Unaccompanied Minors that did terrible. Oh. <laughs> and it was literally like right around, it was like right before Bridesmaids or whatever. So like it had not gone well. But after reading the script, that Emma Thompson sent to him directly, he basically lobbied to direct it. Let's talk a little bit about Wham! Because it factors into this movie a lot. It, uh, absolute, it absolutely does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, if you know the story of Last Christmas, the song, uh, let's go through it a little bit. George Michael was about to have four number one hits in the same year, which is yeah. almost fucking impossible to do. There are very few people on earth who have done that. Like nowadays, it's actually a little bit easier to do because of the way that's like streaming works and the way songs kind of get popular. And the yeah, because the way they're promoted is different. Right. Back in the day, almost impossible. And this was his last one. And he'd been working on it for years. Like he was dedicated to making basically the best Christmas song. It was like a goal for him. And he released it and everyone loved it because it's a fucking banger. It is. And then who should come along with Bob Geldof with Feed the World that George Michael sings on. And of course, he's like, "Okay, Live Aid, there's no way we're going to beat them. (laughs) So, right. Like, there's no way. Uh, And so as kind of a way to kind of like also get on the train. Uh, they did donate all the royalties of the original song last Christmas to Ethiopian famine relief, which in part is why when wow. they go to the food fair in this movie, it is Ethiopian food. That is a reference to what happened to the song. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, but he does not get that fourth number one. He he ends up taking a number two to feed the world. Now, I would argue with you because it does go to number one posthumously that Last Christmas has more staying power than Feed the World yes. did a hundred times over. It absolutely does. Feed the World was a great charity song. You right. know what I'm saying? Yes, exactly. And it yes. did make a lot of money for mm-hmm. that effort. So it's great. Right. But this is a staple every Christmas. You hear it every, every Christmas. Christmas. Yes. When was last time you heard Heal the World? Um, when I watched the Wham documentary about last Christmas. <laughs> yeah, same, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard it yet this year at all, but I have heard last, I heard last Christmas in October. <laughs> like, so famous. Um, now, George Michael, there's a lot of things about his life that end up in this movie. He anonymously worked at a homeless shelter throughout different times in his life as a volunteer. No shit. Now, also, this movie is set in 2017, even though it was filmed in 2018, 2019. And for context, The last Christmas previously would have been December 25th, 2016, which is the day that George Michael passed away. So I think they actually made the deliberate choice to set it in 2017 to kind of honor him in that way because he died the last Christmas. Oh, that makes sense. That's amazing. Like, oh, that's so sweet. Which is, it's extra amazing because Emma Thompson started working on this script. She's a huge Wham fan. uh, In 2010, when George Michael was still alive. And and didn't necessarily, like, approve of the script. She just was like, <laughs> I'm doing this. He also, okay, so Emma Thompson and her husband wrote this. Yes. But George Michael also has a writing credit on it. He does. Which I thought was a very sweet gesture. Not like, only is it a sweet gesture, it 
it that is also reflective of things that George Michael did in life, where if you watch the documentary, you know, but also you might yeah. just know historically that he wrote Careless Whisper. It was his baby. Yep. Fought for it to get made and added Andrew Ridgely as a writer onto it to make sure that he would always get royalties from it as well. And did that for all Wham songs, whether George was the sole writer or not, uh, because they were incredibly close friends and their friendship is beautiful. And that documentary also makes me ugly cry. <laughs> yeah, same, same. I cry so much watching it, but I've watched it more than once. I love that documentary. I honestly, after this, I was like, should I watch that documentary again? Yeah. I was trying to get my mom to watch it because my mom is a big Wham fan. Uh, maybe we'll watch it when I go home. You should. There are also unreleased George Michael songs in this movie. Nice. So there are a few that came out after posthumously that end up in this movie. But yeah, so that that's how this movie kind of comes about. That's why George Michael has the writing credit on it. It was eight years in the making to write this movie with uh, Emma Thompson and her husband, Greg Weiss, which is wild. Yeah. Um, now, there's also a book written by Emma Thompson and Greg Weiss with essays about the meaning of Christmas and hopes for future ones. And it has contributions by Andy Serkis, uh, Caitlin Moran, Olivia Coleman, and Emily Watson. So, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now, as of 2018, when this movie came out, the song Last Christmas still remains a popular Christmas classic. And on December 24th, 2018, generated 7 million streams on Spotify, <laughs> claiming Jesus. the most streams in a single day for a song released in the 1980s. The same year, the official video for that, like the old music video, generated 65 million views on YouTube throughout Jesus. December. So there you go. People love that song. It's great. Now, in the beginning of the movie, Michelle Yeoh is speaking to Kate while wearing a jacket. Uh, and she's wearing a brooch on her jacket. And it is the same brooch that George Michael gives his girlfriend in the last Christmas music video. What? That, I love it. That's awesome. Yes. So when Santa is showing, Santa Michelle Yeoh is showing the tacky Christmas hat. Right. She brings up the Christmas gibbon. But they are actually a real thing. And they are called Yule gibbons. <gasps> Wait, really? Yule gibbons. Uh, but it's a, pun, <laughs> it's a pun on the name of the natural food activist, Yule Gibbons. Wow. Okay. So I believe they were also a charity item at one point. All right. You might already know this, but I'll, I'll end on this fact because we've kind of gotten through a lot of them. Yeah. Throughout the years, the song Last Christmas is one of the most covered songs ever. Uh, it has been covered by Carly Rae Jepsen, Eliza Doolittle, Ariana Grande, Good Charlotte, Gwen Stefani, Hilary Duff. Jimmy Eat World, Taylor Swift in official studio recordings and a million and a half TikTok musicians over the last three years. And oh, of those course. are your fun facts. Well, think of those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. Now, this movie came out in 2019. Like Paige said, what do you think the budget was for last Christmas in 2019? $15 million. I'm going to say okay. $11 million. Okay, uh, Mikey's technically closer, but still low. Exactly half of what it was. It was $30 million was the budget. Now, it's not been that many years since then, but that would be like $36.1 million today if you factor in inflation. Now, this movie premiered on November 8th, 2019, and it was number four in the theaters that weekend. There were four movies that premiered that weekend. 
and it was fourth. Midway was number one. Doctor Sleep was number two. Playing with Fire was number three. Last Christmas, of course, was number four. And the only movie that was in the top five that didn't premiere that week was Terminator Dark Fate, and it was fifth. Deservedly so. Yes. What do you think Last Christmas made in its opening weekend? This was a big deal. A lot of people saw this movie, and then a lot of people were like, he's a fucking ghost! Um, So I'm going to say, opening weekend, it made 32. Okay. I'm going to say 26. Mikey, you're closer. It was $11.4 million. Wow. This is at a time of the year where a lot of people aren't necessarily going to the movies, because it's not in that, like, Thanksgiving post, like, post-Thanksgiving till Christmas time period. It's, like, right before that. Um, Anyway... Uh, the next weekend, it was still in the top five. Uh, in fact, it was fifth in the box office in, in its second week. And then it would drop to ninth for the next two weeks. And then it f- sort of fell out of the top ten from there. But was in the box office for eight weeks. What do you think it made in the domestic box office? And domestic in this technically should be the UK. But the way I'm listing this information is this is the US box office. Fourteen. Okay. Seventeen. So it actually did a little bit better. It made $35.1 million domestically. Now it brought in $88.2 million internationally. And a large portion of that was from the United Kingdom, which is what should be domestically because this is a UK production for sure. $24 million of that international came from that, the UK market, and then Australia, then Germany. It, it, it did pretty well all over Europe. Uh, but it brought in $88.2 million internationally, and that puts the worldwide box office at $123.4 million. So it made quite a bit of money off of that $30 million budget. If you adjust for inflation, that's $148.5 million today. But that's your box office. So normally we would like answer the question of do we think they're still together? And I think it's safe to say they are. Yes, because their heart is one. Yes. Yeah. Do we think that she got together with the guy from the... Uh... The homeless shelter? Yes. I think so, yes. I think they foreshadow that in the movie. But should we do a romance scale? Does it feel weird to do a romance scale? A scale of one to ten of how romantic we found it all. She should have fucked that ghost. I'm going to give it a five. I, honestly, they have so much chemistry, though. Like, I was going to give it a four. Yeah. Because I would have liked to have seen some more heat out of them. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll settle on a four. I would, I wanted more heat, for sure. If this movie was like a two on the roar scale, that romance scale would be way higher, is all I'm saying. Yeah. There is, I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. That's our romance scale. Yeah. So this week, I made you guys watch Last Christmas, and honestly, I'm so glad, like, I picked a movie I hadn't seen, and it was great. Like, that never happens to me, so, like, very happy this week. But, Paige, I believe it's your turn next week. So what are you going to make us watch? It is, and I already kind of told you a few weeks ago, we're watching Princess Switch Switched Again. Hell yes, we are, and I am very excited about it. I've never seen it. I'm so excited about that because I totally remember everything that happened in the first one. You weren't even on the first episode. <laughs> Maggie, I was about to say, I know we've done that episode. I know I've seen that movie. I have no memory of that. Was I not on the episode? We're not on the episode. It was Andrea Gazetta on that episode. I got to watch both of them. Oh, it was one of the holiday episodes that you couldn't make. Trust me, you don't have to really watch both. I mean, you should watch. You'll you'll enjoy it because it's bonkers. It's Vanessa Hudgens. 
I'm just yes. waiting for our Night Before Christmas sequel. We're never going to get it. I got to watch that again. <laughs> <laughs> so your homework for next week is to watch The Princess Switch 2 Switched Again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess they're just going to go back to their regular old lives. I think they have to to learn some sort of lesson. And I assume they're going to uh, assemble cakes wrong again. <laughs> Uh, now I'm starting to remember the episode. Uh, okay. <laughs> so that's your homework for next week. Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yeah. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Marcia Mello 92. Well, what does Marcia Mello have to say? Hits all the right spots. Oh. Whenever I'm feeling down, this trio of romance lovers can bring a smile to my face. All right. Heart emoji. Five stars. Well, Marcia Mello, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. But if you want to have me read your Spotify comment, leave us a Spotify comment like this one that we got under our Holiday in Handcuffs episode from Sarah, who said, y'all want to cry during a romantic Christmas movie? You should watch Last Christmas. And here we are. So, Sarah, you were absolutely right. And thank you so much for leaving that comment under our Holiday in Handcuffs episode. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab, and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. Well, that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Ghost gonna give it to you. <laughs> sure. The heart is not the first organ I would put inside of her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye. Khaleesi nerds. <laughs>